girl, love the mess. I watch the swirl of smoke from candles burning, while Mary looked up yawning. I got confirmed and I confessed. I really felt that I was blessed. Plus, I love my uniform. So did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. And all those things I thought were true. Someday I'd break the big time. And welcome to WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, this is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour, and I'm Doubter Five or Larry Rhodes. I'm here with the Wombat. The Wombat. Hey, hey. Welcome back, Wombat. We missed you. Glad to have you back. This is a live. Yeah, this is a live call-in radio show, and we'll be talking about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and the sciences. Conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And despite what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs, and you'll be hearing them right here on this program and generally on this station as they are in rotation. I'll also be talking about the atheist and rationalist groups that are here in Knoxville and how you can connect with them. Also, did you know that we also have an atheist call-in television show broadcasting right here in Knoxville? Did you no, know that, Todd? That's a lie. Uh, no, I it's true. To it's that it's true. We've been broadcasting it for over six years, and we'll be talking about how you can... Six years, no way. That's it's 2017. No way. Let's go. Yeah, way, way, dude. Let's get <laughs> And uh, we'll be talking about that and how you can listen to it and watch it on TV and in, interact with them. Uh, by the way, our call-in number is 865-333-5937. That's 865-333-5937. 5937, and you're welcome to call in anytime. Um, today we're going to be talking about basically the tendency for Christians and other religious folk to give credit to the big guy when he doesn't really deserve it, and what goes on in the believer's brains when that happens. Uh, you've had oh, some. Oh, wow. That's a good second part. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you've had something come to your attention recently that, that brought this to your mind today. Oh, yes, sir. Actually, uh, so just to catch up, I'm loving my new job. It's really, really great doing my work here in uh, Lexington. Uh-huh. Uh, I get to meet a lot of really great people, really, really talented individuals, really smart people. But, uh, you know, you can, you can still have, there's, no, there's nothing about being an atheist that makes you automatically smart than the next person. That's true. And the same can be said for, uh, there's nothing about being religious that makes you dumb. It's really just about how you're brought up. Uh-huh. So we have a lot of scientists in our group that are very religious in many different areas. But uh-huh. um, recently we had a, a, a woman in our group. Uh, she came to work and she was really sad. She was really quite forlorn. And what happened was her son had gone in a car accident the night before, actually the week before, uh, and she had finally just got... Uh, a heads up about it because it occurred in a completely different state and he wanted to keep it quiet in the family, especially not to let her know since she was working out of state. So she came to work and she was sad and she was thinking to herself like, you know, I could have been a, uh, uh, 
uh, a mother with a dead son this morning because she only found out about it uh, that day. And she was really sad. So I took my time out. I sat with her. She explained to me the whole situation. He, he swerved on the road and ended up hitting the tree. Uh, but thankfully, uh, his car uh, had deployed its airbags. He was totally fine. He was able to call out. The front of the car had a very good crumple zone. And was com- and really absorbed most of the impact. There was a standby who saw the uh, accident occur, called 911. There were paramedics on the scene before it got too cold out. He was sent to the hospital. They cleared him. There wasn't any issues. He was able to go back to work the next day. And his insurance covered the cost of all the accident. And right now he's driving a rental car. So everything is for the most part fine. And yeah. so I was talking to him. I was saying, man, I'm so glad that there were all these different, you know, people, systems, organizations, really just people, wonderful people, who all participated or contributed to getting their son healthy, keeping their son healthy and back to living a regular life. Right. But she she wanted to insist that what happened was God's plan and only God deserves credit for keeping her son alive. And I normally the whole, I didn't want to have, you know, uh, that a conversation with her. Yeah. This wasn't particularly the time for it. Mm-hmm. I, but I did want to at least just say, hey, um, I, and I thought this to myself, I guess, afterwards. And I probably made more of an inference when we're having a conversation. But, you know, there are a lot of people who helped out, too, even if you do thank God, which I have no problem with. If you, if you want to, if that's your way, you go ahead and do it. But there are a lot of people who did help to keep your son healthy and safe. And, and restore his life back to more or less his regular lifestyle. And I think they deserve some credit. Or they, they should get, we should have their back too. If anything, it makes me feel better to live in a world where I have people who watch my back if something bad happens, rather than having a God manipulate bad things happening to me. That's true. But, uh, for the most part, we had a good conversation about that. Um, and what I really want to do is we'll just know is that there are a lot of people there who are looking out for her. Even if she can't do it herself, she should be happy with that. Yeah. Or she should, you know, recognize that and then give us some more security. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I certainly agree. Uh, if there's a whole society behind her good luck, the engineering of the car, they they take their job seriously, the, the health and safety of the of people that are riding in the car. Uh, they've done an awful lot of work in, in that direction to make sure that uh, you get point, from point A to point B safely no matter what. Uh, the Good Samaritan, who was there timely, uh, ready to call in, uh, and willing to call in. And he doesn't have to exactly. be a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim to do it. He just has to be a good humanitarian. Uh, the insurance that keeps her from going into debt because this happened. Uh, the doctors who worked hard and long. Not not only to to help her son, but all the time that they put in in college, researching their 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 field, learning the medicine necessary to make it happen, with the support of the entire society, we wouldn't have uh, endeavors like that if we didn't have uh, many many facets of the society uh, pitching in to make the, that type of education possible, and and then. The other part, and what I really wanted to bring up about this was that when somebody says, you know, it was God doing it because, you know, I'm a good Christian or my son was a good Christian or we're a good Christian family, what they're really doing is giving themselves credit. They're, they're coming Ooh. up and saying, I'm such a good person that the, the, I'm the eye of the universe. I have God's ear. I can, whatever I say, God takes personally. He takes, uh, with, uh, 
you know, a lot of care because I'm this tight with God, the guy who created the entire universe. A lot of people don't realize that they're they're taking so, so much a, credit. So I have a small objection to that. And uh-huh. Maybe you can maybe you can help that to get a more accurate idea because I don't even know if I'm completely confident in my perspective either. But I don't think it's more or less self gratifying uh-huh. as it is. I mean, maybe it is ultimately that, but what it really is is just uh, uh, an attempt to get control over what appears to be an uncontrollable situation. Yeah, no, I, I'm, not saying it's, to, I'm not saying that it's... I'm not saying that it's... They have an ability to just say, hey, this is the reason why things are happening in my life, and I have some control over it because I'm with God. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the surface reason why they're saying it, but I'm saying that's what they're not realizing when they say that. They're saying that they're giving themselves and their their good Christianity and their good life a lot of credit for what's going on when it, when it's not really the case. Um, they, they don't have the creator of the universe's ear whenever they whisper something in a closet, uh, but they they feel like they do, and that makes them feel very important. Like you said, fear right. more, much more in control of the universe and their sur- surroundings and day to day activities than they normally would feel. Sure, I totally hear you. In fact, if I have the, I have more or less the quote that she gave me. I, after I told her more or less that you know, um, of all these people who helped you out, she she was assisting more or less the line. Yeah, and God did it all. God, you know, gave us the doctors, gave us the insurance plan, to give us everything. God did everything. I believe in His power. Wombat, yeah. my name, uh-huh. not man's power and God's. Right. God's only. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, I I didn't want. Like I, like I said, she was in a devastated state, more or less. And I didn't want to, like, you know, be... I was totally empathetic to her point of view. And I was aware she had strong beliefs. My more, my bigger concern was the welfare of her son rather than her thinking process. Mm-hmm. But afterward, you know, I did mention, like, hey, we live in a society where a lot of people are helping us to be in... I guess have some sort of safety net. In, in case anything bad happens to us, we have engineers who are working right now, skipping parties, you know, not going to the bar to drink with friends, but uh-huh. reading really convoluted books that are really hard, taking really hard tests just so they can design a better car to keep people safe. We have people going to law school to learn how to write up insurance plans that are better, mm-hmm. suitable for lower income families. We have doctors who are learning heart surgery right now to like try to bring people back to life, even when the heart stops, even when God says, hey, this child's going to have a heart attack. We have people who are working against the interests of, say, an all-powerful baby so that their city is focused on keeping us alive and well. And if anything, they have our back, and they should get some recognition for that. I agree. Um, I'm going to change this here. You're coming through a little muffled. Can you back off from your mic a little bit, and we'll try it again? Hold on. Okay, can you try it now? Hey, I'm here. What's up? Okay, no, sounds good. Um, yeah, that, that's the thing about it is um, they, they prefer uh, things that they can they can uh, influence. Uh, although we look at we look at it as uh, magical thinking, they look at it as being able to directly communicate with the person who's in charge. And I I totally agree. Yeah. And that gives them that gives them a lot of feeling of, of not only more control but downright power. 
Jesus said mm-hmm. that uh, if you do, if you have the grain of salt, you can do anything that I do and more. Uh, a grain, uh, what is it, a faith of the size of a mustard seed. Of course, I haven't seen any uh, mountains flying around, but anything that happens that's good, generally the Christian will say, well, that's God. And why do they do that? Because they presuppose the existence of a good God. And anything that's bad, anything that happens bad, well, God didn't do it because uh, the devil did it. So now we have warring gods. It makes sense to them, but when you can't see or hear or communicate effectively with these gods, it's kind of hard to... Uh, to bring the evidence that that's actually happening. Sure, I totally agree. I think, I think even more, I guess more troubling to me is I really don't mind if someone thinks their God is something almost detrimental happens to them or if their life almost gets saved or gets saved by a very, very thin stretch or that through some miraculous event they were able to like get away unscathed from an event. I have no problem with the one I thank God. But normally, I would also appreciate it if there was some recognition of the people who stuck their necks out for them and helped them get out of that situation as well. Yeah. Um, if I were to think of an example, it would be like if, if, you, if you were walking down the street and God decided, being his planner that day, that you know, Larry's going to get shot and he's going to get shot, there's, there's nothing you can do about it, Larry, you're mortal. Mm-hmm. But I jumped in front of the bullet, you know, and the mm-hmm. bullet goes through me and instead of uh, killing you outright, you just you are you you go to the hospital and you may be sick for a while, but you'll be you'll recover. Um, I guess the last thing I would want people to say is, oh no, oh yes, God saved Larry from yeah. being killed by that bullet today. Yeah. If there was no recognition for at least my effort, I'd at least feel a little sad for you know putting my my life on the line. Well, I hope um, wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> Um, what's funny is, go ahead. What's funny is that Pope, uh, when Pope John, I think it was, it was shot. You remember that? No, I don't. Uh, what was it? It was, it was probably in the eighties. We had a pope that actually was shot, and uh, he said that uh, if it hadn't been for God or this, and he he actually he gave credit to a particular saint for diverting the bullet so that it didn't go through his heart, but only went nearby. Uh-huh. You know, like. Please, he he didn't have the power to make it miss you or melt the bullet on the way or just give you invulnerability. Right. You know, he he could just barely move it just a little bit. That's within his power. Yeah, please. Maybe that's why he didn't give credit to God and go, only gave it to his saint that he could be part partially human. Who knows? But it's all magical well, thinking. Know, the point you're making is absolutely true because you run into the situation where let's say of my colleagues son did die in that car accident as unfortunate as that would be. I think I would I don't think that would shake her reliance on her God belief. In fact it might even bolster it to a degree where she would say, Well, you know, God has a plan, he's safe now, he's with God, there's river than anything right. I could have done, God still good no matter what. Yeah. And if he survived the car crash, it would have been, Well, it's God's plan, God's always good. God can do anything. He's he's being protected by God. Yeah. So like either way, she still had that belief. Just like the Pope, it's 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 not falsifiable. So like we already know it's not reasonable. But really, I feel like the belief overshadows the efforts of people who are singularly focused on making sure that the people who are in unfortunate accidents can get out of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. 
I, I often talk about Andrea Yates on this show. Uh, she's a person who uh, killed her own children, five children, oh, because, because she drowned them in a tub of water because she was such a believer and believed everything that her, her preacher told her, apparently. The, to- the preacher told her that if they died before a certain age, they would all automatically go to heaven. She didn't want to take the chance that they would grow up in a life of sin and have the possibility of going to hell. She loved them very much. So she took the the word of the priest and the Bible and, you know, the religion as a whole and basically acted on it like it was a loophole because she could she could drown her kids, send them to heaven, and then later uh, ask for forgiveness for her deeds, and then she would be able to join them in heaven. Such is the dogma of uh, Christian uh, religion. Uh, and if I could put just a counter on that. So, like, for example, my mom, Mama Wombat, you know, she believes in God. I think she still does. I mean, right now she's a general witness, but we've gone through various sects of Christianity as we were growing up. Uh-huh. And uh, her God belief uh, pushed her to not use drugs, not drink alcohol, mm-hmm. work very hard. You know, stay away from parties, make sure she watches her kids, make sure I get a really good education, sacrifice yeah. opportunity she had uh-huh. so that I could have a babysitter, so that I could uh, have food, so I could have clothes. And she put me through a lot of good paths in my life, especially when I was starting out, because she was inspired by her faith. So I think you could have beliefs that makes you do horrendous things, and you can also have belief that makes you do really, really great things. Now, ultimately, if the belief can do either of those things, and can have such a wide margin of actions that it can actually cause, maybe we should look at something that more reliably provides us with good, good, good actions on people's parts. And what I thought was that people who work really, really hard, people who care a lot about like the neighbors, mm-hmm. that humanity, about the welfare of people who are who need help in the future, whether that be financially or through health or some medical care or through some engineering feat that they can design themselves. Mm-hmm. These people are the people that should be recognized. These are the people that we have our back. Right. And I think ultimately if we don't look at those people and only thank God, we're doing them a disservice. And we're ultimately making a society where recognition for people who don't work hard doesn't exist and who would want to live in a world like that yeah and you're talking about basic humanism all you really need to give yourself a good set of morals is human compassion and and uh, empathy for your fellow man that will take you a long a long way to uh, having a good set of morals now if you what you're doing is trying to please a, a god then humanity is expendable um you what you're trying, you know what you're trying Absolutely to do is, is get rewards after this life, and the the person who can give you these rewards is, uh, by his own admission, his own actions in the Bible, is not really concerned about the rest of humanity. I mean, he drowned all of his children at one point. God did. True. Anyway. Drowned them, took favorites, enslaved other people, made them have babies with each other, fathers, daughters, lots, and killed his only son on the cross after years of torture, and he... The list goes on. Yeah. It's actually kind of... Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole line of... of theo- uh, what is it? Theology says, why did he even have to send his son to be killed in the first place? He had it in his power to forgive humanity, and he knew what was going to happen. 
I mean, why didn't he just outright forgive us without having to sacrifice his son in the first place? It makes no well, sense. Well, it's almost as if it was designed by people, that story was designed by people who had no problems with human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Right. That was, that was a society at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. on the good side, we have people who don't care, who, who, who are totally against human sacrifices, we have people who are totally for uh, maintaining the welfare of people, who uphold humanistic principles. Uh-huh. And these are the people that have our back. And these are our paramedics, our firemen, our police, our doctors, even our neighbors. Who any, uh, anyone who's willing to, you know, put salt on the road. You know, we have a lot of uh, snow in Lexington right now. Mm-hmm. And driving back home from work was a really scary ordeal. But thankfully, they had iced the pavements to, towards the parking lots we were walking to. Uh, they iced the roads that were going up and down the, uh, the highway. Everyone was taking their time. No one was rushing. We all got to home safely. So not even just the people putting on ice and clearing the road of snow, but the people who were just driving safely uh, towards getting back home. Everyone worked together so that we could all have a higher standard of life. Mm-hmm. And that is worth calling out and saying, thanks, guys. Because, you know, we can't control nature. Maybe God does. If a God does exist, then you need the snowstorm. But it's people and it's our neighbors who work to help us all have a safe life. Right. And I'm just saying, hey, thanks for having our backs. Well, not only that, but that in itself is reward enough. You don't have to do that to to try to glean a better life for you in the afterlife. You can glean, you can get a better life for yourself in this life if your neighbors are in good health and 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 able to take care of themselves. If uh, they have uh, sufficient food, not to have to uh, rob you to get it. Uh, if if your neighbor is taken care of and living a good life, that also makes a good life for yourself. That is an end in itself. Exactly, yeah. You know, I teach a class on Fridays at uh, middle school as part of a volunteer program. I'm doing that so I can help our community. Um, but one of our projects that we're working on is economy, and we're talking about business. And I asked the kid the first day, what would you guys do if you had, like, um, a zillion dollars? Let's just say you had enough money that you never have to worry about it anymore. All of them, well, a lot of them said, <laughs> a lot of them said they were, like, get an island, you know, uh, just, like, get some food, mm-hmm. play their favorite video games. Things that they can do right now, like, yeah. if they just have, like, a, a good-paying job, if they live in society that, like, help to, like, maintain their, like, health care, if they have, like, a society where they weren't were afraid of being robbed left and right. And we can right. do all the things that most people would want to do if they're millionaires now yeah. if we just treat each other well. Yeah. We don't have to wait for a lottery win. We don't have to wait for a guy to, like, kill us or wait for us to die and then put us into another planet where we can live in paradise. We can have paradise now. We can be good to each other now and we can have that kind of world if we're just willing to uphold some certain principles where we recognize that our actions have consequences on the people that are around us. And as long as we just just try to treat each other a little bit more humanely, we can improve our standard of life substantially. Mm -hmm. And anyone who does that already deserves recognition for it. Sure. And that's one of the problems I have when somebody tells me that they're a libertarian. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come down to libertarians for a minute. Um, okay. This, uh, basically, it says uh, it's a have versus have not. They're the haves. I got mine. Forget you. You don't worry about yourself. Maybe maybe society will take care of you. Maybe not. But we certainly don't need laws to take care of you. That type of thing. 
they they don't have enough human empathy and compassion for their their neighbor to realize that it's necessary to bring your level, your neighbor up to a level of self-sustenance that you don't have to worry about that neighbor trying to come over and take your stuff. Uh, I'd like to give as an example some areas in Central America where the haves are actually living in very nice, you know, mansions, but they have uh, guards on the corners of their blocks with AK-47s to keep the riffraff away. This is the society we're heading for if we if we give in to libertarianism. They have to worry about everybody else in the society coming in and taking what they have once they finally get it. But when you have a society, a society like uh, like Finland or Scandinavia or uh, some socialistic type of of, of uh, society where they give uh, education to everybody, they give uh, they try to find jobs for everybody, the health care for everybody, they have a t- high tax level. Uh, some of them are fifty percent or so. But if you don't have to worry about all these other expenses, you can you can spend the money. Not on insurances and not on uh, things that we would normally have to pay for in a society like ours, but making your life better and, and helping your neighbor. And they have a good standard of living and a low uh, level of uh, societal ills. They have a culture where it's not about so much what they want and how they want to be treated, mm-hmm. it's about what other people need and how they want to be treated. And there's still room for, you know, satisfying the individual. There's still room for, like, you know, if you want a second boat, you can probably get that second boat. But do you really need 400 boats? Can we do something different about that? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a, there's a culture that's enforced if you were to look at the Bible about treating people how they want or how you want to be treated. And I just want to make the distinction of treating people how they want to be treated is sometimes the best option as well. Right. And... A lot of the reasons why people work really hard, like I said, skip parties, spend Friday nights studying in a, in a library in some sort of college dorm, run down lights, trying to do the best they can so they can, they can get not only just a degree, but also put themselves in a position where they can help other people because they understand that it's not just about what they want, it's how they can contribute. Right. And it's that kind of ideas that can ultimately make our society better, just the uh, evangelical humanity or humanism in a way. In a way. Yeah. Um, that's what makes our lives better, ultimately, and that it is what has our back and it's what we should be thankful for. Right. I'm going to, it's bottom of the hour, I'm going to go into a station break here. Um, this is WOZO 103.9 LPFM live in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. And I'm Doubter Five, and I'm here with Wombat. Oh, Wombat. Wombat! Wombat! And the WOZO radio, if you listen to it in your car, but you'd like to listen to it in your house, uh, but you don't live downtown, we don't, we're not a very strong station. We only put out about 100 watts. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere, though, on WOZORadio.com. That's WOZORadio.com. And if you'd like to help support the station, there is a, a, a button you can click on there to give monetary aid, if you like, to the station. Uh, I'm going to stop and play a song now. This is a Hard Believer by First Aid Kit. It's about four minutes long. And uh, after this short uh, message, we'll play Hard Believer. 
and then we'll come back in about five, four and a half minutes. See you then. Talking yeah. laughable? Do you prefer the scientific method over supernatural beliefs? Are you concerned about religious leaders and organizations imposing their values and rules on your body, your family, and the rest of our society? Well, take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. The Rationalists of East Tennessee meets weekly for fellowship and provides a forum for people who support skeptical thinking and rational discussion of these and other issues. To find out more information or to find out about our next meeting, visit us on the web at www.rationalist.org. So you ask for my opinion, well, what is there to say? To be honest and just foolish won't make you want to stay. you got to go on and get moving. I can't do that for you. Got so
Okay, and we're back. Uh, this is Daughter 5 and with a wombat. Uh, it always wants to start. Okay, and uh, this is WOZO 103.9 LPFM in Knoxville, Tennessee. The Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. We're on every Sunday at 6 o'clock, and uh, you're joining us again. You can reach us at 865-333-5937, and we're talking about atheism and atheist topics. Um, one thing I did say I was going to talk about, and I haven't talked about yet, is the uh, uh, atheist TV call-in show that we have here in Knoxville. Uh, it's called... The atheist TV call-in show that we have in Knoxville. Well, there's one here in Knoxville. Been here for six years. It's called Free Thought seven Forum. Years? Going on seven. Going on seven. Uh, it's called Free, okay. Free Thought Forum, and you can see it every Tuesday between five o'clock and six on Comcast Channel Twelve or Charter Channel One Ninety Two, or you can watch it streaming online like everything else at ctvnox.org. Uh, there's Hold also, on, what if I don't do any of those streaming things and I only have a YouTube account? Is there anything I can do? There is. Uh, we did, we have had a, a fan who's been recording them and putting them up on YouTube. Uh, you can go there and just search for Free Thought Forum Knoxville. That's three words, as Free Thought is one word. Free Thought Forum Knoxville. And then you can sort them to okay. watch the, the most recent ones or the very beginning ones if you want to. What if I hate the internet? I just realized I deleted my YouTube account, and I only like meeting people in real life, preferably if people <laughs> around. Is there anything I can do? I'm glad you brought that up. The Atheist, <laughs> the Atheist Society of Knoxville has recently moved its venue. Uh, we're no longer at Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria in the Old City. We have moved to Don Gallo's Mexican Grill. It's out on... Oh, uh, what? Yeah, amazing. That is I true. I love Mexican food. Yeah, you ought to come uh, up. That's so good. Come down and visit us again. Anyway, Don, oh, Don Gallo. Oh. Don Gallo's is at Hardin Valley Road at Pellissippi Parkway, uh, near the Pellissippi campus across the interstate from it. Uh, we, we show up there around 5.30 or 6 on every Tuesday. So watch the TV show. Once you get through with the TV show at 6 o'clock, get in your car, come down, join us there at Don Gallo's, and uh, we'll have food, drink, conversation, and fun. If you plan to come and preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch, please don't. But if you're a believer, a non-believer, whatever, you like to talk about faith and faith-related issues, or if you just like to come down and talk to a real live atheist, uh, you're welcome to do so. Uh, I really recommend it. It's a really great group, really group of people, and from a guy's perspective of meeting multiple atheist groups, uh-huh. the one in Knoxville is probably the best one that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. There's a group in Lexington, not so good, but we actually started a secondary skeptics group. So we oh, go see you. the movies every couple of times now. Did you and uh, the established one here, they're atheists, but they, they're very much confident in there being no God, and they don't like necessarily thinking about why that's just as big of a problem as being confident that there is absolutely 100% of God. Yeah. So um, we, there's this, we try to start a secondary skeptics group, and they're a much more younger group. Uh, we go see movies, and if you want to know about them, check out the Skeptics Group on Lexington on Meetup.com. The Skeptics Group. And you can find out more about our group on Meetup as well. Okay, we're real good. Uh, we have talked about the Atheist Society of Knoxville, and we talked about the rationalists, or at least had a message. 
that was just before the song that mentioned the rationalists. Uh, but there's also an assembly, uh, a church-like assembly, called the Sunday Assembly, which started in England just a few years ago, is now spread across the world. It's a no-God church-like setting for those who have had enough of religion, don't believe in God, but still like the fellowship of a church-type gathering. They get together the fourth Sunday of every month, just once a month, at the downtown uh, international building on Sunday mornings, uh, right around church time, about 10.30. So come on down and find a bunch of friends there. One thing I would like to mention about the Atheist Society of Knoxville is when you come down and visit them at Don Gallo's every Tuesday, put another plug in there, uh, don't expect to see three or four. We have 25, we have 20 to 25 to 30 people down there every, every Tuesday. So come down and you'll hear any kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, when I was living alone for many years, I was single. Uh, I would actually go out to a bar just to strike up a conversation, just to have human interaction. But if you find out that you find that you're going out and having conversations, and the person always turns to Christ, turns to the religion, uh, and you're not so down with that, come out to Don Gallo's on Tuesday night, sit down and have a beer with us, or not. Uh, they have cokes there too, if you like. And we have had we have. Full families come in with kids and stuff, so it's not a strictly adult. That's true. I'm down there. I don't drink. It's a wonderful time. Yep, yep. Also, there's a secular student alliance. If you're in college or in high school, and you're tired of all the right religion, religious right, uh, being everywhere in school, and you just can't identify with them, but you've got a few friends that are non-believers, and you like to start a club. Contact the Secular Student Alliance, and they will give you all the information you need, need to do that to start an in-school club for free thinkers. And uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, let's get back to our topic, uh, which is what, what magic, is topic, magical thinking, uh, giving yourself credit uh, rather than the engineers, Good Samaritans, insurance, and doctors. Uh, when you live through an accident, if you pull through a a medical procedure and say uh, 16 doctors work on you and then you, and as soon as you come out of anesthesia you say thank God when you don't bother to thank your doctors uh, that, sure. that's a problem of sorts so it's, it's a problem but it's also hey if you want to worship a God you have that right in America you can do whatever you want right. but don't right. overlook the people who work hard and who have your back Right. so today mm-hmm. we're, we're giving thanks to the people who have our back as just a reminder that, you know, even if crazy things happen, there are people out there who are working hard to make sure they don't get any crazier. Right. True. Um, but now I want to go into some brain stuff. You told me you had some uh, philosophy that you wanted to discuss. What's that about? I think we discussed it earlier, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. What What do you mean? Can you remind me of something? So I had the opportunity of talking to some of my friends that I've worked with in the past about uh, sure. the story that I brought up today uh-huh. with the lady who I just found who got a car accident. Uh-huh. Uh, these people have different religious backgrounds. Um, I talked to my two Muslim friends, and uh, they told me about, I asked them really, I just said, listen, I, I would like to have a better idea of understanding this, this lady's perspective. Um, I'm not saying she's right or she's wrong. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just asking for a third point of view. After I tell you the story, can you give me some inference and explain it to me with your 
you know, will do. I'd really appreciate it. And they totally did. And I had a really great time with it. Um, actually, let me bring it up. I can actually tell you what they said. So more or less, they described that they believe that God saved the son's life, the one who got in a car accident, not because of the God, not because the mom wanted it, but because the son had more work to do ahead of time in his life. Right. So there was still a purpose for him to do things, and God decided that because there was still work ahead of him, he decided not to end his life there, or did not plan to have his life end there. Yeah. And second part is uh, the engineers and the insurances didn't save him from life and death because ultimately that's God's decision. And that's more or less her point of view. Well, if it's um, God's decision, why did they even have bother to have doctors work on him in the first place? I mean, God's going to keep him alive, then forget the doctors, God, leave it to God. And so many people do that, right. and their children die because of that. How many how many times a year do we read about, uh, what is it, Christian scientists who don't give their uh, children just minimal medical care, and they die, and then they end up being prosecuted for, for uh, child abuse and for uh, neglect? People are necessary. Gods aren't necessary. No, I hear you. That's a good point. Yeah. It, it really makes you think um, why go through the trouble to get a doctor's degree and work in a science lab right. to, like, you know, help save people's lives or, you know, reduce the impact of human pollution yeah. on Earth yeah. when it's ultimately God's decision who lives and dies anyway. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a grim point of view, but it is a, it's a very clear and strict point of view, at least that they had, that ultimately life and death is not in the hands of people particularly engineers, insurance companies, doctors, it's ultimately God's choice. But there was a caveat in that uh, a Muslim believes that even if someone removes a stone from someone's path, they'll get a reward for it or they'll be rewarded for it. So there, so that can be interpreted as a sense of, hey, if someone does something good for someone, that's still being recognized by God, ultimately. Yeah, so yeah. if it's recognized by God, it should be recognized by other people as well. Well, the thing about it is that doesn't, I mean, that takes away doing good for its own purpose. It means that whatever you do has a secondary uh, purpose behind it. Uh, you're a benefit in the, in the next life, which you may, may or may not get. But what I'm saying right. is it, it, it takes the humanity out of it and puts in selfishness. It's just, it's it's not a good uh, motivator. I mean, I guess it may be a good motivator in the fact that people do it, but it's not a proper moral motivator. Like, uh, you like a third man right. or a necessary third party that's involved, right? Right. Like uh, uh, human, human compassion and empathy. That That's a good motivator because you can identify with that in yourself and make a better mm. world by practicing those without having to, uh, hope for a, a reward for doing the things that you do. Now, it's a great point. Yeah, another thing that really gets me is uh, why do we even have doctors? I mean, if if you take uh, the Christian and and Muslim and all these afterlife based uh, religions, where this life is just a a welcome mat, basically a doormat to wipe our feet on before we go to the next life. Uh, we're just here. To uh, to do God's work while we're here, and then move on, or to to read the Bible, give money to the church, pray, do all that stuff. And if our society really took that at the word of uh, at its word, then we would end up being no more than like the holy men of India. 
who do nothing but sit around their entire life and read the Holy Word and try to interpret it. And that that's all we would all be doing uh, to try to prepare for the next life rather than try to make this life a good, worthy life to live, to help each other. Right. Absolutely true. I think there's something to be said about if paradise, if you can only have the best kind of life after you die, yeah. what's the point of it? You know, there mm-hmm. should be, uh, to some degree, some effort in trying to make the life that we have right now better. And there's value in that. You know, a lot of people struggle for trying to find purpose. And what religion does is give them a code to follow. And through that code, there's rewards. Mm-hmm. And if they work hard at it, they, there's a chance that they can get the ultimate reward, which they won't be able to experience in this lifetime, but at least they can invest in it. And there's, there's something to be said in people wanting to work towards something because it gives them a purpose that every single hour and minute of their life you consider that said. So it's very powerful. But the problem is that when you're that concerned with checking off the boxes in your particular, you know, a moral or religious point of view, you may overlook a lot of the efforts that people do in this in this world that we're living in together, regardless of whatever their religious backgrounds are. There, you may overlook efforts that people struggle to get out and, and work hard for to improve your life. And if you do that, is that really the godly thing to do? Let's say your God's real and you, you love him and you want to respect him. Shouldn't you also also have some sort of recognition or uh, appreciation for the people who work hard to keep you safe as well? Can't that also be all-inclusive? so hijacking Christians have this habit the, the religions have this habit of hijacking uh, anything that's good and calling it theirs I wrote a whole article on my in my book and on my website uh, let me mention the website anyway it's digitalfreethought.com and once you get there click on uh, the blog and then once you get there look, look up an article called examine your beliefs the thing about it is all these religions depend upon where your soul is going to go in the afterlife. And given 2,000 years or more, 2,500, 3,000 years, even back to the ancient Egypt, there's been no demonstration that souls exist. They just say that they do. And then once they tell you that they do, they also invent these bad places for them to go so that you'll worry about where your soul is going to go once you die. And then they invent sin to show you that you're guilty. And even the original sin, according to Christianity and Catholicism, and I'm not sure about all the others, but nobody is without sin. I mean, I'm sorry, you're born into the world, you're, you've got original sin, you're doomed to hell, period. So that everybody, according to the dogma, has to turn to, to the church to get a relief for this imaginary illness. 
And not only have they ne- they never sold, uh, never proved that God exists, they've never so- proved that souls, sin, heaven, hell, demons, devils, cherubim, miracles, talking snakes. I could go on for half an hour about the stuff that they they just say and expect you to buy into because they sure, threatened I, you into I'm doing that. Here, but like, if a guy says, hey, I'm defining sin as this, and you are violating it, sure, I might be violating it based on a rule that you made up, but you can't define something into existence. Right. Like, just because you have a definition for it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it actually exists. Yeah. I could define a pink universe on the dark side of the moon mm-hmm. and say, hey, it's the pink universe on the dark side of the moon. It's the, 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 the definition is valid. It's in itself a topology. But ultimately, it doesn't make a pink unicorn manifest. No, no, you can't, you can't invent something. And the same thing can be said with sin, yeah. or souls, yeah. or any of the other things. And, and so many of these first cause arguments are just that. They, they, you know, everything has a cause, therefore there must be a first card. The first cause is God. Uh, uh, the complexity of the universe means that there had to be a designer. The first designer is God. Uh, everything from ordering the universe to, you know, whatever they want to come up with, there are 16 first cause arguments or, or designer arguments out there. But all that means, even if they, even if they were true, and there are lots of problems with those those arguments. But even if they were true, and we all said, okay, yeah, you're right, there must have been a first cause, it doesn't mean that that God is your God. You've got an awful lot of work to do to come in there and say, there is a God, and that God is the God, Yahovah, the, the God, Yahweh, the, you know, the Allah. Yeah. I mean, or yeah, right. with machines that mm-hmm. are capable of producing universes. Right. They, that seems they far make, more relevant than a, a, a giant formless being that's just yeah. in the mind they that make, through. Yeah, they make this huge leap because 90% of the people that are listening to them already have this idea of their God in mind, so all they do is just draw a line from the Creator God to that God, and they nod their heads, and all the people nod their heads back at them, and everybody's happy. But nobody bothers right. to do the work to, to join the lines. It's just Well, they don't, they don't go to those churches to be challenged. They don't go there to have their thoughts challenged. No, no, they... I've had colleagues at my job, mm-hmm. wonderful people, uh, who tell me that they have a church where, you know, they believe that steel serpents steel, and they'll throw ideas back at each other, and they'll, they'll you know, critique it and try to come to a more rational truth. But the thing is, the, the whole concept of steel serpents steel is, you're just throwing the same idea back and forth between each other. Right. There's nothing new being introduced, and you're not willing to challenge yourself. Yeah. You know what's sharpened steel? Diamonds sharpened steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, harder metals sharpened steel. You won't be able to get yourself challenged until you put yourself in challenging situations. And that goes along with not only just metallurgy, but also rhetoric as well. Mm-hmm. You have to expose yourself to really higher yeah. levels of, uh, or different kinds of thought systems to broaden your perspective and be willing to ask yourself some really difficult questions mm-hmm. in the interest of getting more accurate in your own beliefs. Right. Who was it that put out that book that had that concept in it called The Outside Test, The Outsider's Test for Religious mm-hmm. Faith? Are you talking about uh, Peter Gazzurban's uh, book or uh, one of the... Bogosian or something like that? Bogosian maybe? Anyway, he yeah, said, so. if you want to be honest with yourself and you're a believer, uh, try to step outside of your faith. Step outside of your, your upbringing and, and 
teachings and then go back and look at the beliefs that you're, you previously espoused and look at them from an outsider's view. Now, preachers are supposed to do this anyway when there's evangelicals and to be able to get into the mind of the person that they're trying to sell their, their religion to. But how many people actually do it? How many, how many laymen would actually go out there and, and try to put themselves in, the, in a non-believer's shoes and then look again, re-examine their own beliefs and see how well they stand up? How about this as an alternative as well? Uh, how many people do you think believe that Columbus discovered America? And if they were to think about that thought for just a moment, how long would you think it would be for them to realize that if there were already people on America when Columbus came, maybe he wasn't the first to discover it. Yet he has his own holiday in American history. So it's a question of why are we celebrating this guy? What was his purpose? Well, we've had people here before. Yeah, we've had Vikings here, we've had Chinese people here, we've had uh, Native Americans. Native Americans. Yeah, there were people in America for uh, Native Americans. Really. Yeah, fifteen thousand years. These people, sure, yeah, these yeah. people who had, dis- had discovered this mm-hmm. country long before Columbus ever came. But that's the popular narrative. And yeah. if people are willing to just consider, oh, well, of course there were people here. Maybe it wasn't Columbus after all who discovered people or America. They can move on with their lives. In the same way, if they were to look at their own beliefs related to the God and realize that maybe what they believe about God is more or less just a function of where they were brought up and what they were told repeatedly as a kid, that they just took it as a truth, internalized it, and never had a chance to question it, until it came to the point where that belief was too fundamental to their being that they couldn't get rid of it without having better information replacing it. And the whole consequence of religion is that you know, reality is kind of complicated. Yeah, <laughs> God yeah, it solves a lot of problems, but mm-hmm. like learning how science works takes mm-hmm. effort, and yeah. it's not an exact process. And we're still trying to figure out answers, yeah. but that doesn't mean that the default answer of God did it is valid. Right. Well, we're coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, would you have any, like to have any final thoughts out there that you can leave our audience with? Give me some good news. <laughs> I need to feel good. Let's get some good vibes out there. Uh, I, I don't have any. How, how can I bring up some? Um, Tell me something good. So how about this? Let's end with, hey, you know, I remember when I was um, still going to college. This is an undergrad. We thought someone had, uh, we came home. My mother and I came home from our school, uh, came to our apartment, and our doors were unlocked and wide open. And we thought someone had came and vandalized or robbed our home. Uh-huh. And we called, we waited in the parking lot, and we called the cops. And the cops came to our front door, and their job is to put their lives on the line, and they walked, gun-strung, into the house, just to turn on the lights, make sure no one else was in there. And it turned out that ultimately I had forgot to lock the door that day, oh. and then I blown the door open. Oh, my goodness. So, but as sad as I could have just said, hey, thank God no one stole our stuff, yeah. but really what I'm thankful for is that we have people who, if you call them for free, they will come to your home and search your house, put it in their lives on a line to be able to do that. And I can't be thankful enough that we have people like that. And the fire department and all those people who are dedicated to their work on our behalf. Well, thank you so much, Ty, for calling calling in and and joining us, uh, the Wombat. The Wombat! uh, We'll have to do this more often if we can. I know you've moved out of the city, but we... we, I love doing this. Every time you have available spot, I'm wanting to pull it. 
Okay, sounds real good to me. And this is uh, Larry Rhodes, Doubter 5, at WOZO 103.9 LPFM, live in Knoxville, Tennessee, for the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. We're here every Sunday at 6 o'clock, and hope you'll join us next time. I'm going to leave you with a song called uh, Stronger Than Jesus by A. Camp. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Looking for a little fun Love is a fire, a heart